Hey y'all, welcome to Shades of Brown, the podcast that discusses the ever-evolving and sometimes contradicting thoughts of a Black millennial. I'm your host, Allie B, and I'm really excited that you're here with me again. As I mentioned in the last episode, I wanted to give a separate episode in order to give a detailed recap of the last year or year and a half of my life in regards to me quitting my job and me moving back home and me being in the space that I'm in with my life looking so differently than it has. And I wanted to do this in order to help people trust the voice of God because we hear him. So hopefully this will encourage you to lean into that more. But also I wanted to do this because I think when we hear people's stories, testimonies, you know, how they got over or, you know, how they went from this to that, we don't really detail the process. And the process a lot of times is ugly. It's all over the place. It's a roller coaster. Sometimes we see people's beginning and then, you know, they skip the middle and then we see their end. But a lot of times, you know, we just see where people are now after they've gone through the process, after they've been refined, after they've, you know, done all the things. But I think that it's important to encourage people during the process. Like, what does it look like day to day? What is it sound like to hear the voice of the Lord, all those different kinds of things. And if you're like me, you know, someone who needs to know like, okay, how did you do this? Give me your instructions. Like what exactly did you do? Like all those things. If you're like that, I think you'll appreciate this breakdown and this recap. So let's unpack it. Let it be known. I am not a risk taker. I've never been adventurous down to doggone roller coasters. Like, I'm just scary, y'all. Like, I be scared of everything. <laughs> so I'm not one who takes risks. I'm not her. <laughs> I'm just not. Security is very important to me, and I would never do anything to jeopardize that on my own. It's just been me, you know? I have taken care of myself since college, like many of you, right? You go to school, you get a good job, and boom, you start adulting. And that's what my life had been outside of, you know, like emergencies, right? I'm grateful that I've been able to call home over the years to say, Daddy, can you help me? <laughs> you know, outside of major emergencies, you know, I've taken care of myself. And I sometimes wish God would send me one, but I ain't had no sugar daddies, you know? Like, I don't have a husband, I don't, you know? Like, it's, it's been me. And I'm grateful that I've had a pretty solid career where I've been able to comfortably take care of myself, you know? I so appreciate God and the favor he had given me, you know, throughout my career. So I say all that to say, that's just context. Like, let it be known. I'm not the girl who would ever do something crazy. <laughs> I'm just not. But I will say this, though. Throughout 2020, there was just this knowing that transition was ahead. And I believe I mentioned that on last week's episode. There was a knowing, and I believe it started around February, March. I don't even know when it started. But it was just a knowing, like, something's changing with my career specifically. Something is changing. And I remember telling my friend, I don't know what's ahead. All I know is if it comes to the point where, you know, God takes me off my job, I would hope that he would let me do it voluntarily and not like, you know, where he would have something bad happen where I would be laid off or fired or something like that. Right. I remember telling my friend that. But that was just that, though. Right. Like I, it, it wasn't a lot of thought into it. It wasn't it wasn't a lot of prayer put into it. It was just a knowing, a sense like something is ahead. And I just figured when that time comes, whenever that time comes, God, you'll lead me and you'll guide me and you'll give me the next step. So I didn't worry about it. I just continued to live my life as usual, right? Well, fast forward six, seven months, and now we're in September. And this is when Holy Spirit told me to leave my job. So from September 1 to September 10th, every single day, those 10 days straight, God 
use some conversation, some sermon, some sign to confirm to me what he was saying. I mean, it was literally everything, everywhere I went, everyone I talked to, everything I listened to, it was like a blaring message. It was screaming at me like, this is God. I am telling you to leave your job. And I believe God knew it was necessary to speak to me in that way because, again, I would not do anything to jeopardize my security, not off of no sense or a feeling. No, absolutely not. (laughs) No. So yeah, 10 days straight, God used different people to confirm this to me. During these 10 days, sometimes there were multiple confirmations in one day. For example, on September 1st, 2020, I was listening to the Love Hour podcast with Melissa Fredericks and Kevin on stage, and she was giving an analogy regarding Peter in the Bible, you know, about him walking on water. And her point was like, are you willing to take the risk? And she said, we always talk about Peter sinking, but we never talk about the few steps he did take and the faith it took, you know? And that was like, hmm, like, okay. Because remember, I heard the voice of the Lord and these were the confirmations that came after. That same day, my best friend Mia posted on Instagram this quote, obedience is the water to the garden of purpose. The more you say yes, the clearer the path becomes. That was the first two confirmations I got. So on September 2nd, I was on Facebook and I noticed that one of my college friends was on Facebook Live. So I clicked on it like, let me see what he's talking about. And he was actually on there ministering. And I was like, okay, let me listen to this. And it was really, really good. Well, towards the end, he started prophesying to people and he called me out. He knew I was on there because I was a part of the amen corner. You know how we do comment, you know, emojis, hands up, amen, that kind of thing. So he prophesied to me and says this. He was like, God is taking you out of corporate America, maybe just for a season. He said, but there are three streams of income stuck inside of you, not because you lack creativity, but because you lack faith. But listen, there are no steps. You must trust God. You're a leader and you're a trailblazer, and you'll be the first of your family to trailblaze in certain ways. God is calling you out of systems of rules and regulations. And that confirmed what I felt initially early 2020, which was the dismantling of systems, of these westernized systems that have not benefited us. So I was like, well, Lord, you can't get any clearer than that. (laughs) Oh my goodness. September 3rd, I traveled to Salt Lake City for my friend's engagement. And I had some other friends pick me up so that, you know, my friend Alicia wouldn't know I was in town. So my friends, Monica and Ken, picked me up from the airport and I stayed with them. So I go back to their house and I kid y'all not, we had not been in their house five minutes. And Ken starts talking about, he was like, Allison, remember, remember when I quit my job and you was like talking about how crazy I was and like that didn't make no sense and how you just couldn't believe it as a man that I would just quit my job. And I was like, yeah, I remember that. He just started talking, having no idea that I'm in this moment of considering, you know, leaving my job because I feel that this is what God has said. And he was saying stuff like, yeah, man, sometimes you got to decrease to increase, you know? And then he was even talking about getting out of the system because there's only so much you can accomplish within it, right? So he's saying this word system again, right? And I'm thinking, what is happening? What is happening? The day prior, I had gotten a word about leaving systems, right? And I'm like, okay, this is crazy because Ken, at this point, Ken had been, he and his wife had been entrepreneurs for years, right? Like it wasn't like it was something recent. That was years ago when he quit his job. 
So it was such a random conversation, but I knew, I knew that in that moment, God was using him to speak to my fears, right? To speak to my fears about like, I can't do this. I can't leave, you know, my job. Even if God has asked me to, I cannot do this. And everything he was saying was encouraging me and increasing my faith. So I kept, you know, conversing with them about it, but I did not tell them anything about what I believed was happening within me. I did not tell them that I'm about to quit my job. <laughs> I had not told anybody because I'm like, what is happening? This is this is scary. So, yeah, that was the third day of confirmations. Very next morning, September 4th, I wake up, open my Bible lab, and the verse of the day was Jeremiah 17 and 9. And this particular morning, I happened to open up the entire chapter to read more about what was being said. And I ended up reading um, verses five through eight. So Jeremiah 17, five through eight. And it says, God's message, cursed is the strong one who depends on mere humans, who thinks he can make it on muscle alone and sets God aside as dead weight. He's like a tumbleweed on the prairie, out of touch with the good earth. He lives rootless and aimless in a land where nothing grows. But blessed is the man who trusts me, God, the woman who sticks with God. They are like trees replanted in Eden, putting down roots near the rivers. Never a worry through the hottest of summers, never dropping a leaf, serene and calm through droughts, bearing fresh fruit every season. Excuse me, y'all, but... I've literally not been able to read that scripture without crying ever since that morning. I just can't. It wrecks me every time. That was that. The next day, I don't remember anything specific happening in regards to confirmation. But the following day, September 6th, I came down for breakfast at Monica and Ken's. And again, remember, I did not mention to them anything about quitting my job, even after Ken was talking about, you know, his faith move. So, you know, we're eating eggs and bacon and stuff, and they begin to talk about how we can't be tied to things and places because God is ever moving. And Monica said every time she's made a move, the blessing came right after. And she was talking to me about how she has always known that she was an entrepreneur. She was like, this was just random conversation again. Like they had no idea they were they were speaking directly to my current situation. She says she takes action whenever she hears something from the Lord. She takes action immediately. She says she doesn't have to know the in-between. She takes a step, even if she has no clue. I remember her saying, like, I don't need to know all the facts. I don't need to ponder too long. I remember her saying it just very casually, like, I don't, I don't need to know all the facts. And she had no idea that the whole thing for me was, all right, Lord, I hear what you're saying, but what next? Like, I need to know all the steps. And the guy on Facebook had prophesied that to me, like, you will not know all the steps. I know you're the kind of person who need, who needs to know A, B, C, D, F, G. He's, I know you're that kind of person. He said, but you won't have that this time. So here I am now talking to Monica and Ken, and she's like, yeah, I don't need to know the facts. If I hear something from the Lord, I respond immediately. And I'm like, y'all, I cannot make this up. I'm like, what is happening? What is happening that I'm having this conversation with them today? Like, that's not typically how our conversations go, you know, like it was so random. And again, this is all back to back to back. This isn't like over the span of weeks. This is happening every single day. After that conversation, I was literally at the dining room table in tears. So I had to tell them then like, okay, all right, all right, y'all, this is what's going on, you know, because I'm like, this is 
mind boggling. And in the middle of that conversation, my cousin texted me something that was another confirmation to what they were saying. So I'm like, all right, I'm getting overwhelmed. This is too much. All right, Lord, I hear you, Lord. I hear you, Jesus. I hear you, Holy Spirit. I'll do it. I'll quit. Holy Spirit sent me additional confirmations over the next day on um, the 8th, 9th, and 10th. And then it wasn't every day after the 10th. It was kind of like just sporadically over that time. But the whole month of September, there were random confirmations that came to tell me, you're not tripping. You're not crazy. This is really God. Step out on faith and you'll figure it out as you go. Here's the thing, though. You're never 100% that it's God until you do it. You know, that's the faith part. The Bible says it's impossible to please the Lord without faith, right? So like we have to act on those things, even when we're not sure, to show the Lord, I trust you, you know? Proverbs 3 says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not into your own understanding. And this was something that was so beyond my understanding. I'm like, all right, Lord, well, let's just let's just figure it out. And I also had to trust that even if I made a wrong move, that God was going to have my back. One thing Holy Spirit did tell me, which was interesting, was, and this was once I surrendered, like, all right, Lord, I'm going to do it. You know what I'm saying? This was after I said, yes, Lord. I remember Holy Spirit kind of warning me, like, be prepared for your job not to accept your resignation. And I didn't know what that meant. I'm like, well, maybe they're going to offer me, you know, more money to stay, or maybe they're going to, I don't know. I didn't know what it meant, but I had this kind of warning, like, be prepared for some pushback once you submit your resignation. And I felt like Holy Spirit was saying this because he knew I would be tempted with whatever this pushback was. And that was my encouragement to stay the course and do exactly what he said, how he said it, which was quit your job. That was the instruction, quit your job. So when I did put in my resignation, my boss was like, oh, well, mm -hmm. this is not acceptable. <laughs> I love her. She was like, yeah, no, we, we do not accept your resignation. <laughs> She was joking with that part, you know, but she did come back and say, hey, instead of you quitting, how about this? How about we move you to part time and we can transition you out over the course of some months? And by the end of the year, you know, you can leave. And that was so tempting because it was a win win for both of us. It, you know, it would better prepare me for the transition ahead because, again, be quitting my job. Y'all, it's just me. You know, I ain't got stacks and racks in the bank like that. Like. I need my coins. <laughs> and also it, it would help, you know, the company with transitioning my position. So I was so tempted to say yes, because I'm like part time that will free up some time for me to focus on the things of the Lord and and figure out what God is saying for next, because there were no next steps. It was just like quit your job. That was the instruction. So I'm like, you know, if I go part time, I can just figure out whatever is next, yada, yada, yada. But Holy Spirit checked me immediately and was like, this is what I was talking about. You have to quit. I did not say go from full time to part time. I didn't say change your hours. I didn't say to change your schedule. I said quit. <laughs> I said leave. And it was so hard for me to stand my ground because I am a recovering people pleaser. And at that time, I was at the beginning of, of my recovery. <laughs> and it's very hard for me to say no to people that I have a ton of respect for and I admire and people who have helped me because this is the woman who hired me at our Nashville location. She's the person who rescued me from Utah. 
right? So like I felt indebted to her in a lot of ways because this is the woman who gave me an opportunity to get the heck up out of Utah and who had shown me great favor while I was in Nashville. So I really struggled saying no. So that was that. I, I put in my resignation and that that was that. My last day was, I think, October 9th, a few days before my 30th birthday. And that was that. And it was hard. It was hard because it wasn't like things were bad. Like, not at all. I mean, it was stressful, you know. In the defense contracting world, your ultimate customer is the military. It can be a, a very stressful environment when it comes to deadlines and, you know, programs needing this, 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 quick turnaround. But I enjoyed my job. I, I loved the people that I worked for. My boss was wonderful. It was a very chill environment. You know, we had free lunch every day, <laughs> free catered lunch. We were situated right beside a Starbucks so I could just go hop over there for breakfast when I wanted to. You know, like there was a freaking keg in the commons area. And, you know, every blue moon we get an email saying, hey, come, you know, the day's almost over. Come down to the commons area and get a beer. I don't drink beer, but I think it's really cool. <laughs> you know, like a keg in the commons area. That's cool. We got free sweet tickets to any Bridgestone Arena event we wanted to go to. You know, like I was able to see Chris Brown and... Tory Lanez and and not that he matters these days. <laughs> um, Mary J. Blige, Nas, Tyler Perry's farewell event, a ton of people, Joe, Babyface, Charlie Wilson. Like, listen, if you have been following me on social media since before uh, 2020, you saw that I was at a concert every month. <laughs> and a lot of that was because of where I worked. We got free sweet tickets. And on top of that, my coworkers were my friends in Nashville. I didn't have a ton of of um, outside friends in Nashville. I loved Nashville, the best years of my life. But when it came to um, community, my coworkers were my community. Outside of that, I had maybe one or two friends, but they were like, I pretty much did everything with them. So yeah, like me giving this up was 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 a lot. Like I was living my best life. <laughs> Legit, I was living my best life. So it, it was it was very, very, very difficult. Just the whole lifestyle of what I was giving up, it was it was a lot. So yeah, this was by no means easy at all. But I decided to, you know, to to do this. One of the instructions, like, like I said, at that time, there were really no next steps. But I do remember Holy Spirit confirming to me that you need to pay off some debt. That was recurring for weeks. When I quit my job, that was one of the first things that I did. I cleared my savings and I, you know, paid off a chunk of debt. And I also paid up my rent to make sure I was covered for the remainder of my lease. I was like, at minimum, I'm going to have somewhere to sleep at night. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to be out here, like, without, well, you know, like, facing eviction, things like that. Like, nah, let me just go ahead and pay up my rent just so I'm cool. Because, again, security, security. What I didn't know, though, was that there was purpose in that. So now I've quit and I'm figuring things out. And then God began speaking to me about moving. He told me to pack. That's what I heard. It was one word, pack. And it was so confusing because I'm like, one, pack what? And then go where? <laughs> like this, at this point, this is October, November, right? Well, my lease didn't end until April, 2021. So I'm thinking, pack, why, why would I pack? Because even if you're telling me, Lord, you want me to move, well, I at least have until April to figure that out. So why are you telling me to pack right now? So I ignored it because it didn't make sense to me. 
By the time Thanksgiving came around, though, I I had given up. I'm like, you know what? This this keeps coming up in my spirit. I need, I need to start packing. Again, I don't know why. Because I at least have this apartment through the next six months. <laughs> but I started packing. I literally went to U-Haul and got boxes. It was so awkward because they're asking me, you know, like, hey, where are you, where are you headed to? Where are you, where are you relocating? Where are you moving? And I'm like... I do not know. I I don't know. I don't know why I'm getting these boxes. I don't know. Like, I literally do not know. I'm just going to start packing. (laughs) It sounds so crazy. It sounds so crazy. But I kid you not. The minute I start packing is when the next instruction came. I promise you. It's when the next instruction came. And it is is really true. As you obey, as you follow the voice of the Lord, he will give you the next step. I promise you he will. Um, So when I started packing up, that's when he was like, move back home, move to Dothan. And see, that's when I was like, okay, see, now I tap out. I unenroll. I I opt out of this program. I do not want any more parts. No, thank you. Because see, you ain't tell me that part, Lord. You ain't tell me. Anything about moving, that that was not, when you said quit your job, it ain't had nothing to do with moving, <laughs> okay? Wait, what, what's going on? Because you done got me out here now. I done said yes to quit my job. Why did you tell me this part three months ago? Why, why didn't you say quit your job and move back home? Why didn't you say both of them? That's when things got real because, again, God was speaking to me in the same ways. He was confirming every every instruction he gave me, he would confirm like he confirmed with quitting my job. But this time around, when it came to moving back home, I wasn't trying to hear those confirmations. I wasn't trying to hear that at all. I was ignoring them left and right because the confirmations were coming. But I, I, I wasn't writing them down like I was writing down those other ones. <laughs> I wasn't keeping track of those because I didn't want to hear it. I was afraid to pray for confirmation. They were coming anyways. I was afraid to pray about it to, you know, to really like become secure in what he was saying, because I knew if I pray about this, it's going to be clear as they move back home. So I was like, no, nah, I ain't going to even pray about it. But I remember there was a day I was in prayer. And um, a lot of times, um, you know how it is when you're praying. A lot of times, Holy Spirit would just begin praying through you. And you go into prayer thinking you're going to pray one thing. And Holy Spirit's like, no, I want to pray about this. And I remember saying something like, something along the lines of, I'll go wherever you go, Lord. Like, wherever you are is where I want to be. Even if that's back in Dothan, like, I'll, whatever you ask of me, I'll do it. Whatever. It was something along those lines, right? And I remember immediately after praying that, I was like, whoa, whoa, I didn't, I didn't actually mean that part. Like, yes, I want to be where you are, Lord. Yes, I want to be in your will. But see, the Dothan part, I ain't really mean that. Can I retract that part of my prayer? <laughs> and it wasn't soon after that that God confirmed, like, girl, move back to Dothan. Move back to Dothan. And I'm serious, y'all. Like, had I known this was the next instruction, I'm not sure I would have said yes to any of this. I'm just keeping it in the book. I do believe this is in part why God doesn't show us everything at once, because a lot of times it's, it will be too much for us to handle. And I believe that God is gracious enough and loving enough to not overwhelm us when he is uh, speaking to us and saying, hey, I need this from you. Hey, your purpose requires this. Hey, this is your assignment. I believe his love is so gentle that he knows this is going to take them out. They going to be, this is going to wear them out. So let me just give them piece by piece. And I appreciate that because it did help me ease into this, <laughs> ease into this yes, Lord lifestyle. But I knew I had to because of what Holy Spirit had said. And, you know, like I was saying earlier about, you know, things being good for me with my job, but also just in general, like this was requiring me to give up my lifestyle. 
everything, right? This is me giving up my city, my job, me, you know, living alone, right? Like I enjoyed going back home every night, opening my door and like, oh, I'm at home. It was my safe haven. It was peaceful. It looked good. It smelled good. It felt good. I enjoyed being home. It, it was, you know, me doing what I wanted, when I wanted, going where I wanted. There were always so many things happening in Nashville, right? It was a, it was an amazing city that I enjoyed. And even down to like, you know, supporting Black-owned businesses. Y'all know how I am. I'm all about supporting Bob's, right? And it's like in my everyday life, I was able to do that in a way that I had not been able to do that in previous seasons when I was living in Utah or, you know, other places. In Nashville, my doctor was Black. My dentist was Black. My chiropractor was Black. My therapist was Black. A big chunk of the restaurants that I frequented, they were Black-owned. The nail salon that I went to every two weeks was Black-owned. Like, this was my lifestyle. And these are the things that gave me joy. So when you think about your, like, quality of life, you know, like, when you think about what makes your life good or bad or amazing or whatever, like, you think of all these little things. It, It all matters where you work, where you live. Um, your who your neighbors are, who your friends are, what you do every day. Like all these little things matter in regards to your quality of life. And like I said, I was living my best life. I was really enjoying life. I didn't have I didn't have everything I wanted. I wasn't rich, you know, but like I was comfortable. I was extremely comfortable. So giving this all up was like, Lord, you are asking a lot. Jesus. But yeah, y'all, I, I, I laid it all down. I did. And I moved back home December 2020. And remember what I said earlier, I had already paid up my rent through the lease so I could get up and leave without any worries. I didn't know that then. I didn't know that God was going to ask me to leave. But he knew why he was telling me, you know, pay off this debt. Go ahead and pay for that. Go ahead and do this. Go ahead and do that. Because he knew he wanted me to leave immediately. And had I not paid up my rent, I would have had to break my lease. It would have cost me. It was. It would have been a whole thing, right? So all those little instructions, it may not make sense in the moment, but along the way, things will begin to make sense. So now I'm back in Dothan and I had just started my healing from a mother wound community slash program. And we were in the middle of our first six week course. So I was doing that. I started it in Nashville and now I'm having to finish it in Dothan. And that was extremely awkward because here I am, you know, I had gone through my own healing journey, right? But now I'm in my parents' house, in my mother's house, walking people through healing from a mother wound. Talk about awkward. (laughs) Like, this is so uncomfortable. Like, Lord, this doesn't make sense to me. Why? I'm in this lady's house talking about these delicate things. This is this is too much, you know? And and I also remember too, you know, when I settled in and unpacked, I remember saying, all right, Lord, what next? You know, what, what next? You've been telling me this, 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 and this. What's the next instruction, Lord? What's the next step? And I remember feeling like God just went silent. I, it was just like dead silence. And through the last year, I've I've learned a a few things about silence from God. One, I believe that there are times when we go through testing, right? And in times of testing, it's silent. You know, when when you're taking an exam, your teacher, your professor is not lecturing you, right? They're not teaching you anymore. They have taught you. And now you are being tested on what you've learned, right? There are going to be seasons in our lives where we feel that God is silent, but oftentimes it's a test, 
right? And we have to be intentional about managing that silence and to not become resentful. Like we feel that, you know, our father has abandoned us because he hasn't. Um, it's just it's just testing time. That's it. The other thing I learned about the silence of God is sometimes he's silent because we're doing what he's asked us to do. So there's nothing to say at the moment. There is no instruction to give because we're in the middle of that instruction. We're in the middle of walking that out. You know, um, when you're navigating your way to a specific destination, your GPS only speaks when it's time for the next instruction. I remember traveling from when I first moved to Utah back in 2013. I remember um, me and my parents driving from Dothan to Salt Lake City. It took us 31 hours. And that first half on that first day of travel, which we did about, I think, like 16 hours that first day. It was a lot of twists and turns, right? We, we went to this state, that state, a lot of different highways. So we were getting the instructions, you know, pretty regularly. But once we passed Missouri, it was the same highway for the next three states. We took I-80 all the way from um, right past Missouri into Nebraska, Idaho, and it took us all the way into Utah. And that was the whole day. Like that was one full day of travel, 15 hours on one highway. No other instruction, just keep going. <laughs> that was the instruction. Siri ain't talking, you know, like the GPS ain't saying nothing. Just keep going. There's no deviation from the course. If you just stick to this, you're good. You're on the right path. You're doing the right thing. So there's nothing to be said right now. So please be encouraged to know that God's silence does not always mean you've done something wrong. It doesn't mean that, you know, you've disobeyed and he's waiting for you to get it together, right? Like, no, a lot of times it may mean that you're on the exact path that he wants you on. In seasons like this, when you're going through a transition and maybe yours isn't, you know, something as drastic as freaking leaving your job, right? Um, but in any season of transition, I think it's so important to remember and to meditate on the character of God. Because it's like, why would God ask me to leave everything behind just for him to leave me hanging, right? Like that doesn't align with who I know God to be. It doesn't align with what I know his character to be. The God I serve would never leave me or forsake me, Right. The God I serve has no plans to harm me. The God I serve says I may go through deep waters, but I won't drown. The God I serve says I may go through the fire, but I won't burn. So, so this is how you remain anchored when you feel like everything around you is unstable, when everything is moving and everything is changing and it's just too much because you feel like your stability has been shaken and your security has been shaken. Remember the character of God. He's not a deadbeat. Like he's Abba. He is forever with us. He is for us and he goes before us and he carries us through. An additional note to that, that when you're experiencing transition, you have to have a solid support system, specifically a mentor, a pastor, a therapist, and at least one good solid friend. These are the people who are going to dig you out of those deep holes of discouragement, distraction, and even depression. I've continually fought through all the above, but it's because of my tribe that I've been able to stay above water. It's because I have a mentor who has gone down this path before. Because I was like, Lord, I don't, there is no blueprint for this. I don't, I don't know anyone who's walked this path before. And that makes me nervous. I think it's cute. And, you know, flattering that you want me to be a trailblazer. But also, I'd rather someone else go before me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because a, tra a trailblazer, like, they out here in the deep just figuring it out. The first of anything is the one that's, most, that's the most criticized, the one that doesn't really have support because no one's ever done what they've done before. Like, that, it sounds beautiful. And at the end of it, it is grand and beautiful, right? But in, in it, living it, that's not, that's not fun. <laughs> 
But my mentor has displayed this in a beautiful way because in a lot of ways, she knows what it is to be asked to give up her corporate job to do full-time ministry. And to she's just been phenomenal in helping guide me through this hard place. So yeah, having a pastor, someone who's going to be feeding you continually and consistently the word of the Lord and a good therapist. Because like I said, I've fought through discouragement and depression. It's been tough. And every time I would feel like depression was kicking me, I'm like, uh, 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 let, let, let me fight this. I'm not, I'm not doing this with you no more. I'm not doing this. <laughs> I'm not doing this with you, depression. I'm not doing it. And it's because, right, of the people that I have in my corner, of the therapists I have. And then friends, right? Someone, some, someone who's going to lighten up things, right? Lighten up things around your life because it can get a little bit dark in these types of seasons. I appreciate my tribe. I really do because they have been my saving grace. That's just a side note. Even in the midst of silence, I'm just like, Lord, let me just figure it out. I'm just I'm just going to start, you know, just doing what I know to do, right? Focusing on the podcast and focusing on my healing program and, and being creative and doing other things, right? I was just throwing stuff at the wall to seeing what sticks. And I was gaining some momentum and I was and I was very proud of what I was able to create during those times. Like, like I said on last week's episode, I, I was able to um do my first healing from a mother wound event. And um that March I went to Salt Lake City to to get awarded. What I didn't say last week though about that was when I was in Salt Lake City, I got there for the event and um I go inside and one of the first people I see is a friend from Salt Lake City. And I see him and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so good to see you. I go give him a hug and he shakes my hand and puts money in my hand on site. He didn't even know I was going to be there. And I'm like, what? And this event, I didn't even know that I was going to be able to, to say yes to getting this award because I'm like, how am I going to travel right now? I don't, listen, I just quit my job. Like I am living off of a savings right now. I cannot afford to do anything extra. Okay. I just need to make sure my bills are paid and I got food to eat. I can't do anything extra. But I just felt like, one, God wasn't requiring me to like not have any enjoyment. Even though God was asking me to sacrifice these things, it's like still have a good time. And and look, I favored you, right? Because this national magazine is honoring you, right? Like, so there were things, good things happening. So I, I went sacrificially and I get to the event and boom, someone shakes my hand and money in my hand, right? And I'm like, that was wild. That's crazy. After that, I said, well, let me just extend my trip and go to Texas to see my goddaughter because her birthday is April 1st and she turned five. I get out there and, the, and my goddaughter is the daughter of Monica and Ken, who I was speaking about in the beginning of the episode. So we had a great weekend, right? And I noticed that throughout the weekend, they had just been asking me all these different questions, right? About what I was doing, the podcast, healing from a mother wound. They just kept asking all these questions. And it wasn't all at once. It was like over the course of the weekend. And I remember thinking like, they are really interested in my life. That's really cool. Okay. All right. Um, it was just interesting though. Like it was, I can't explain it. It was just odd, odd, but interesting. The day I left Texas, we were headed to the airport and we stopped by Starbucks. And um, while we're at Starbucks, they turn around and give me an envelope. They were like, we just want to give this to you because we believe in what you're doing. Um, we know that God is with you and we just want to invest into you. And I opened the envelope and it's a freaking water cash. And I was like... <laughs> thrown off like what just happened <laughs> what just I was in tears like what because again remember I went on this trip sacrificially and you know I was able to get awarded someone puts money in my hand the minute I get there and now this and 
miracles like this were happening like every month. And I'm like, Lord, you really are Jaira. Like provision flows when I'm connected to you. And I had known provision from a job, right? Provision come every two weeks. That direct deposit was my provision. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but now with, without having that stability, God was like, because I felt like God was saying, I'm going to show you every step of the way that because you said yes to me, I got you. I got you. And that investment they made into me, that was how I was able to do my first event. Like I was crying. I, of course, you know, said, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. When I got on that plane, Holy Spirit downloaded the entire strategy for my first event. And I put it in motion. This was April. My event was in May. I had one month to plan this, but I knew it was God. And I was able to do it because of that investment. And it just goes to show how God will position you to not go without, you know, like he's going to provide. He's going to show you why it was worth following him. Another example of a miracle. So I had paid off, you know, a chunk of debt right after quitting my job, but I still had some debt left, right? Like I, I didn't pay it all off. I, I still had, I still had some debt. And um, I remember like just making sure, all right, Lord, like I just, if you don't do nothing else, just make sure I have enough money for my bills. Cause like, it doesn't sit right with me that I say I follow the words of the Lord. And now, you know, I, I am missing payments. I'm late on stuff. Like that's not, nah, I ain't, I ain't never been her. I'm gonna pay my bills on time, fam. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so every month I'm like, all right, Lord, like let's figure it out. And this one particular bill was for some debt. And I remember one month I didn't see it taken out of my account. And I was like, um, what's going on? Like, uh, we, we got to take care of this because I'm not sure what's going on, but they, 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 they need to take this because the last thing I need is doggone, you know, late fees or my credit score being jacked up because of something being late. Like, I listen, let me take care of this. So I call, I call the folks and um, I'm like, yeah, what's going on? Like the payment due date has passed and I just want to make sure that, you know, like y'all are preparing to take it, you know? And the guy pulls up my account and he goes through stuff and he was like, ma'am, you don't owe anything. And I was like, no, I do owe and I'll and I will be paying this for the next several years. Like I had already mapped it out what I was paying. It's going to take me about three more years to pay this off. So like I do have debt. What are you talking about? Sir, take your money, please. And he was like, mm -mm, nope, you don't owe anything. And I'm like, sir, that, that sounds nice. However, comma. I owe you. <laughs> Take your money, please. <laughs> and and he's like, ma'am, you don't. And because I'm me, I don't just get excited. I'm like, trust but verify, okay? Trust but verify. So I'm like, can you send me that in writing? <laughs> can you email me something, you know, from your institution letterhead stating I don't owe anything? He said, yeah, well, he said, or you can just go on your account and see it. Like if you if you go to if you just go to your account, log in, you will see where you there is a zero balance. And I was like, I don't believe you. So let me just go, you know, look it up. Y'all, I opened this thing and it was zeroed out. And I, to this day, to this day, do not know how, do not know what, I do not know. I do not know. Because when I quit my job, I like budgeted everything to like get rid of everything that was unnecessary, right? Like what, what are the bare, what, what's the bare minimum, right? Like if that means getting rid of Hulu, okay, okay I'll get rid of it, right? Like whatever, I, I was getting rid of all kind of stuff. And the the few things that remain, I was like, all right, 
let me deep dive and take a look at every single thing. And this particular thing I had already looked into to see how long it was going to take me to pay this thing off. Like, I just did not believe that man. But when I went into the account and saw it was zeroed out, I was like, Lord, miraculous debt cancellation? Listen, these are the things that you hear on dog on TV, right? Like, this is happening to me, for me. And again, I still do not know how that happened, but I praise God because it like freed up money for me, right? And yeah, God God is faithful. God is so, so, so faithful. So there were miracles like that happening over and over and over. And I remember around that time frame listening to a message by T.D. Jakes called Provision is a Place. And nothing has been more true for me in this season. Like provision is truly a place. Like I want to be wherever provision is flowing for me, right? And if that means changing my geographic location, then I'll do that. Because sure, yes, I was living Nashville. Yes, I was living my best life. But if that's not my place of provision, I don't want to be there. You know what I'm saying? Um, And I don't believe that that's for everybody in regards to geographically. Like I believe that some people, hey, if you want to right now move to Colorado, go for it, right? I I don't believe that's for everybody. But as for me, I know God was telling me to go to Dothan. So that's where I'm going. And this is where I'll be until he says otherwise, because I don't want to, you know, move prematurely because I'm in my feelings about my situation. No, I'm going to just stay here. I'm going to stay here until um, until he gives me the next instruction. I mentioned on the last episode about um, me working for my dad now as a case manager. And like I said, some things you'll figure out as you go. And one of the things that God told me when moving here was to serve your parents. And I didn't really know what that meant, but in June, my dad's nonprofit was awarded a grant. And because of how quickly he needed people to start working, I was able to step in and help, you know, and fill this position. And looking back, I realized had I not been in place, my dad's organization may have not been able to take advantage of this grant in the way that that my dad has been able to. It was like, oh, this is what it looks like to, you know, oh, you'll know as you go. Things will begin to make sense along the way. Because truly, like, people were not applying for this position, you know? This was at the beginning of the labor shortage, like. And I remember my dad being so frustrated, like, people don't want to work. They don't want to (laughs) work. And I'm like, I mean, it's, it's more to it than that, dad, you know? But thankfully, you know, things worked out. I was able to step in. But looking back, it's like, yo, This is why I had to be in position, you know, like one of the reasons, right? I'm sure there are other reasons as well, but I was happy to know in that moment. Thank you, Lord, for making sure I was where I needed to be. And and like I said last week, I'm still in this position. I'm still in this role with my dad's company and I'm still figuring things out as I go, right? Like I still don't know the totality of why I'm here. I still don't you know, love it all the time, right? Like, I mean, I'm very grateful for parents who would allow me to come back and start over. And, you know, cause, cause, cause even with that, right? It's like me following the voice of the Lord meant my parents had to be on board because if the Holy Spirit is saying moving back home, they have to agree to this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I'm a grown woman saying I'm moving back home. Like, no, nah, I can't just be like, God said, I got to move back in here. Like, no, nah, they, they did not have to let me back in. <laughs> 
They didn't. And in a lot of ways, parents are not able to do that kind of thing. So I appreciate them for supporting me in this way and allowing me the space to figure things out. I remember them even confirming it. God had aligned things in a way where God was already speaking to them while he was speaking to me. It's worked out beautifully in that way. But but like I said, you know, it's not always beautiful. I don't I don't know. I don't always love it. You know, Dothan is not my favorite city in the world. <laughs> I do know this, though, is that I'm committed to seeing this thing through because I understand that it's not just about me. You know, a lot of this walk, this this whole experience has been so humbling, like whoo, so humbling. It, it's so humbling. And one thing my mentor told me was like, she was like, I mean, like, yeah, this experience is humbling, but this is teaching you how to live humbly. Like this not this is not just an experience. Like you have to live low. You have to live a bowed life. You have to live low, right? And this is what this experience has been teaching me, you know, about like what it means to to truly, you know, humble yourself before the Lord. Because child, the things, the things, the things, the things. <laughs> I could write a book, child. This has been something else. I, 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 uh, it's it's been a <laughs> it's been a journey, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's not just about me. I, I know that I do know that God wants to bless me, right, and reward me, right. I do know that, but I also know that there's a bigger plan at play here. You know, I don't know what that is exactly, but I do know this. Like Tasha Cobb saying, "Lord, for Your glory, I will do anything," and that's just that anything. If that means me living a lifestyle that is complete opposite of what I'm used to, then okay. If that means, you know, living with my parents at 31 years old, okay. <laughs> All right. You know, if that if that means living in a city that um, only has a handful of good restaurants, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. You know, if that means... Um, Everything, you know, in my city closing at nine o'clock. <laughs> All right, Lord, whatever, like whatever, I'll do it. If that means working as a case manager, even though I'm used to something else. All right. All right. Yeah. Anything. And I was listening to my pastor's message on the 16th, on Sunday, the 16th. Uh, he said this in his sermon. He said, even though there may be scarcity, there's safety in Jesus. Like, there's safety there, you know? And I have learned that to be true. Shout out to Pastor Brandon Clack. And um and I'm and I'm not saying that, you know, I wouldn't have been safe had I stayed in Nashville. I'm not saying that all hell would have broke loose had I stayed. Because I do believe that God blesses us. He loves us, right? Like he reigns in the just as well as the unjust. Like God is not gonna stop his blessings, right? But what I am saying is I didn't want to stay to find out. <laughs> That's what I didn't want to do. I, uh, I ain't, I ain't gonna, we ain't gonna, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna test it. And I haven't done it everything perfectly. I've made tons of mistakes on this journey, you know, while I've been trying to figure it out. And I've, you know, faced all kinds of distractions and stuff. But I'm just grateful that, you know, wherever God sends us, he's gonna guide us. So my encouragement to you is to just know if God is sending you somewhere, he'll guide you. If God has given you a new assignment, he'll guide you. He's not going to leave you alone. My first lady in college would say this. First lady, Amy Sledge, she would say, if it's God's will, it's God's bill. <laughs> and that's real. Like, if God is deciding you to do something, that means he has to provide for it. So that's that. So, yeah, y'all, that's a bit more detail about the how and the why behind, you know, my life this past year and a half and, and all that's happened and 
Um, and I just encourage you, you know, like if if you feel that God is shifting things within you, lean into that and trust that he ain't going to leave you. Yeah. All right. <laughs> this was a hard episode to record. My Lord, this was hard. Vulnerability is hard, y'all. Jesus Christ. I had to take so many breaks. <laughs> Jesus. Anyways, let's get to brownie points. <laughs> brownie points is a segment where we take a moment to reflect and to give ourselves some extra love for doing something that we're proud of, for being something that we're proud of, um, whatever it is. So in this moment, think about something and give yourself brownie points. This week, I'm giving myself brownie points for top tier adulting. Okay. So yesterday, y'all, I did all of my laundry. Okay. Including sheets and stuff. I did all of my laundry in one day and folded it. Okay. And I separated my colors. I'm like the majority of millennials. Okay. You just throw everything in there together and it's going to be okay. But y'all, I done sorted my colors and everything, child. Now, of course, you know, I do my white separately. I do my towel separately. But when it comes to like my, my everyday clothes I wear, it all goes in together. The blacks, the oranges, the greens, the yellows, it just goes together, right? But no, yesterday I separated my colors from the lights and the darks. And I was so proud. And I created a week's worth of TikTok content. And I spent time with my niece and nephew. And I was able to catch up with my friend on the phone. And I uh, did some podcast editing and scheduling. Like, yo, yesterday was so productive. I just felt like it was top tier adulting. It just really felt like, yo, I've got this thing called life figured out. <laughs> it was a good day. So yeah, I'm giving myself brownie points for that. I hope you find something in your day or the last week or so that you're really, really proud of. And love on yourself, man. Celebrate yourself. I hope that you enjoyed the episode. And um, I hope that you would share it. Tell all your friends. Follow me on social media. On Facebook and Instagram, you can find me at Everything Allie B. And on TikTok, you can find me at Mother Wound Healer. And you can check the link in my bio on my socials for Shades of Brown merch, for the link to my online healing community called Healing from a Mother Wound. You can find information about my podcast consulting and pretty much everything else I got going on. And as I close, now that's churchy, but you know what I mean, like I'm done. So let me leave you with this. <laughs> my prayer for you is that this year you be well, you love well, and you be loved well. Until next week, bye.